You are now listening to The Last Day's Return of the Historic Faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom Christian in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hello, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to another edition of Return of the Historic Faith with Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. I will be your host for this episode, Pastor Jeremy Anderson, and this episode is not going to be your average episode of Return of the Historic Faith. I'm actually going to be doing a special series here on podcast where I will be reading my first book in the Origins of Evil series and I'm going to be, each episode, I'm going to read a chapter, and I'm going to do a chapter a day. I'm going to do an episode a day until we finish the book, and the reason I am doing this is so that those who don't have physical copies of the book or who haven't heard the audio recording of the book that I put up on face I mean uh, not Facebook on YouTube uh I think it was last year sometime so that those who haven't heard or read the book will be able to hear it and also because I am actually releasing a new second edition of the book in hardback format that will be actually released um, in the next week or two and it is like I said it's a special or a new edition I'm sorry it's the second edition and it has added content in several chapters and it has two completely new chapters in the book and like I said uh, the first edition was only available in paperback so now it will be available in paperback format and in hardcover format and also, there is something else that I will be explaining and telling you all for the very first time. You will actually be the, well, one of the first people to hear this information that I will be sharing um, 
Once I finish reading the book, I'm going to be sharing something with you all that only two other people in the entire world know. But by the time I finish reading Origins of Evil, book one, Kabbalah, with you all, you will know as well. Because after I read the last chapter of the book, I am going to divulge a special announcement and... I hope that you all will listen to the episodes every day of the reading of the book and share them with as many people as possible so that uh, hopefully as many people as possible will be able to know this very important information about the occult, about the Kabbalah that is infiltrating Christianity through things like the Hebrew root movement, Messianic Judaism, and the charismatic movement such as the New Apostolic Reformation and Word of Faith movement. So there are a lot of very good reasons to know what Kabbalah is and to know how to recognize mysticism in all its forms but this specific form is jewish mysticism but i am going to go ahead and begin chapter one without any further ado so that you all will be able to get started listening to the book so with that we will begin Origins of Evil, Book 1, Kabbalah, by Jeremy Anderson, read by the author. Dedication. This book is dedicated to my big brother, Dustin Bradley Jordan. I miss you, but you no longer have to try to navigate the murky waters of this world. I know that like so many loved ones who have left this world, you are in paradise. You retired early, and now you're on vacation. Until I see you again, I love you, bro. Forward. God created all things, yet the origin of evil did not begin with God. Parts of God's creation made choices and reacted in ways that brought evil into their hearts and into this world. On the contrary, because of God's love for us, while we were living in evil, Christ died for us. In this book, Jeremy Anderson speaks to the ancient origins of evil, which are very much alive today with very real powers and authorities behind them. Jeremy speaks of things happening all around us that, without God's grace, would bring about the destruction of the whole of creation. If you believe it is important to understand your enemy and make sure you are in the right side of world events as they unfold, this book will be of great value to you. Jeremy is the son of two pastors. 
His father died when he was only three years old. Richard Anderson was studying for the ministry and speaking and preaching while fighting leukemia. My name is Michael Lupo. I have been a pastor for 31 years, and I am Jeremy's stepfather. God's call was in Jeremy's life from an early age, but Jeremy, feeling abandoned by God, ran from him. God would not let go of Jeremy, though, and after years of running, he came back to God and surrendered completely to God's will. Jeremy brings his unique perspective and his thirst for the truth into the working of this book. The origins of evil are very much alive. They know their time is short, and they want to destroy everyone they can. Understanding the origins of evil helps us to see it when it is cleverly hidden. This book will help you see that evil and see the only true redemption from it, which is found in Jesus Christ our Lord. Pastor Michael Lupo Introduction Readers usually skip the introduction and prefaces to books. Admittedly, they are generally boring. However, readers of this book would be doing themselves a great disservice to skip the introduction and would be well advised to read this introduction to avoid any misunderstandings on the contents of the book. This book is going to begin by explaining the origins of the occult and the ancient mystery religions. Then it will focus completely on Jewish mysticism, also known as Kabbalah. This goes all the way back to the antediluvian or pre-flood times and the 200 watchers that descended upon Mount Hermon in the days of Jared as well as their giant hybrid offspring, the Nephilim. One of the main reasons that I wrote this book is because so many people are being deceived into practicing Kabbalah through things like Freemasonry, the Hebrew Roots Movement, and Messianic Judaism, just to name a few. This is why it is so very important to always be prayed up and be on guard against the devices of the enemy so one does not fall into a practice that goes against the Father. I will also be talking about actual events involving real people, but I've changed their names in order to protect their privacy, except for a few occasions where I am warning about specific teachers and their teachings. In those instances, it, it is not my intention to defame anyone's character. I am simply warning the reader against dangerous books and doctrines. This work is meant to inform and equip the body of Christ to recognize the devices of the enemy and battle the forces of darkness that seek to destroy us on a daily basis. I hope you will get as much out of reading this as I got out of writing it. Behold, I give unto you power to 
tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Jesus Christ. Chapter 1 The Fallen Sons of God and the Nephilim the goal of this series is to expose the occult doctrines and practices of Satan and give believers the information that they need to recognize these doctrines of devils wherever they encounter them. Although this book will be focusing on Kabbalah and its uses in most forms of the occult, it is very important to understand that Kabbalah and every one of the other forms of occult practices can be traced back to the watchers who descended upon Mount Hermon, and the ancient mystery religions formed both before and after the flood. The watchers are an angelic race that God created to observe mankind as a part of the divine council as seen in Deuteronomy 32. They're called the B'nai Elohim, or Sons of God, in Genesis chapter 6. Before the flood in the days of Jared, 200 of the watchers descended to earth and mated with human women, creating giant hybrids called the Nephilim. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 verse 1, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. The book of First Enoch tells the same story of the flood narrative in much more detail. The book of the Watchers in Enoch tells the story of the 200 Watchers that descended upon Mount Hermon in the days of Jared. Jared was the father of Enoch and great-great-grandfather of Noah. As holy Elohim of the Most High and part of the Divine Council, the Watchers were supposed to observe mankind and direct them to worship the Creator, Yahweh. Instead, they chose to rebel against God 
have sex with humans and declared themselves to be gods. They committed a great sin by mating with human women and creating the Nephilim. Like the Watchers, their offspring, the Nephilim, were also worshipped as gods. In the book of Enoch, the Watchers are angels dispatched to earth to watch over the humans. They soon began to lust for human women and at the priding of their leader, Simyaza, make an oath to illicitly instruct humanity and procreate among them. Two of the prominent among the Watchers are Shemyaza, their leader, and Azazel. Like many other fallen angels mentioned in 1st Enoch, chapter 8, verse 1 through 9, Azazel introduces men to forbidden arts. And it is Azazel who is rebuked by Enoch himself for illicit instructions, as stated in 1st Enoch 13, verse 1. Both the book of Genesis and the book of Enoch tells us that the earth and all its inhabitants became completely corrupt. Although the people were extremely sinful, the Hebrews suggest that mankind had become corrupt on a genetic level. Enoch chapter 6 verse 1 says, And it came to pass when the sons of men had increased that in those days there were born to them fair and beautiful daughters. And the watchers, the sons of heaven, saw them and desired them. And they said to one another, Come, let us choose for ourselves wives from the children of men, and let us beget for ourselves children. And Simyaza, who was their leader, said to them, I fear that you may not wish this deed to be done, and that I alone will pay for this great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath, and bind one another with curses, not to alter this plan, but to carry out this plan effectively. And they became pregnant and bore large giants, and their height was three thousand cubits. These devoured all the toil of men, until men were unable to sustain them. And the giants turned against them in order to devour men. And they began to sin against birds, and against animals, and against reptiles, and against fish, and they devoured one another's flesh and drank the blood from it. Then the earth complained about the lawless ones. The result of this union is unnatural, as could be expected. The women bear violent giants. The giants' violence and Voracious hunger cause humans tremendous distress as well as setting off a domino effect of violence among all creatures of the world. 
The final result of all of this illicit angelic intervention is the flood. To both rid the world of contamination and to end the human sin. The history of the Nephilim starts with the sons of God in Genesis 6. But we can pull information from the Bible, Josephus, Joshua, Enoch, Jubilees, and the Dead Sea Scrolls. And we're able to paint a fairly complete picture of the history of the giants. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit will not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, yet his days will be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants, or Nephilim, in the earth on those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. The book of Enoch gives a detailed account of the 200 angels who fell and corrupted all flesh by genetically tampering with animals and mankind. We have seen that these angels married human women. Their children, half angelic and half human, became known as Nephilim. This was an abomination before God. Jude chapter 6, 7 states that the angels were bound for committing the same sin that the men of Sodom wanted to do with the angels in Genesis chapter 19, verse 1 through 5. He then quotes the prophecy in Enoch 1, 9. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 states that these angels are bound in a place called Tartarus, or hell in the KJV. According to Enoch 22, this is a special place for holding only these angels, their wives, and their sons until the judgment. For the complete story of the 200, you can see Enoch chapter 6 through 16. They descended in the days of Jared, and their judges and rulers went to the daughters of men and took their wives by force away from their husbands according to each of their choice. And the sons of men in those days took from the cattle of the earth and the beast of the field and the fowls of the air and they taught the mixture of the animals of one species which, with another. Jasher chapter 4.18 says, For owing to these three things came the flood upon the earth, namely owing to the fornication wherein the watchers against the law of their ordinances went a whoring after the daughters of men, 
and took themselves wives of all which they chose. And they made the beginning of uncleanness, and they begot sons, the Nephilim. And they were all unlike, and they devoured one another. And the giants slew the Nephil, and the Nephil slew the Eljo, and the Eljo mankind, and one man another. And after this they sinned against the beast and the birds. Jubilees chapter 7, 18 through 25 says, For many angels of God accompanied with women and begot sons that proved unjust and despisers of all that was good on account of the confidence they had in their own strength. For the tradition is that these men did what resembled the acts of those whom the Grecians called giants or titans. Josephus' Antiquities of the Jews says in chapter 1, 3, in Hebron there were till then left the race of giants who had bodies so large and countenances so entirely different from other men that they were surprising to the sight and terrible to the hearing. The bones of these men are still shown to this very day. Notice that Josephus records that the Greek legends of the Titans were based on Nephilim history. Jubilees chapter 10, 1 through 12, informs us that after the flood, evil spirits began afflicting many of Noah's descendants. Noah prayed to God to bind all of the demons away from men. But God bound nine-tenths of the demons, leaving only one-tenth to tempt and torment mankind. Revelation chapter 9 tells us that the demons will be released during the Great Tribulation. This will be the other nine-tenths of them. If the angels are bound and the Nephilim are disembodied spirits, where did the giants after the flood come from? A third rebellion? No. The story continues. Genesis tells us that after the flood, Noah divided the planet among his three sons. Ham was given what we call Africa, and Shem, the Middle East, Canaan, Ham's son left his territory and ventured north along the Mediterranean Sea. Why did Canaan travel all the way up the coast to found Sidon, his first city, in an area he knew was not his territory? Then quickly settled another city, Tyre. The map at the right shows that those two locations are the closest he could get to mount an expedition up to Mount Hermon. 
he wanted to find information about the pre-flood giants. And Canaan grew, and his father taught him writing, and he went to seek for himself a place where he might seize for himself a city. And he found a writing which former generations had carved on the rock. And he read what was their own, and he transcribed it, and sinned, owing to it, for it contained the teaching of the watchers in accordance with which they used to observe the omens of the sun and moon and stars and all the signs of heaven. And he wrote it down and said nothing regarding it. For he was afraid to speak to Noah about it, lest he should be angry with him on account of it. And that's Jubilees chapter 8, 1 through 5. After finding the writing containing the science of the watchers, Canaan sought to create a race of warrior giants using the same type of genetic tampering which was done before the flood. This explains how the giants came to be after the flood, but with a few problems. 2 Samuel 21, chapter 20, describes giants with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. Moses led the children of Israel into battle with Og, the king of Bashan, who being a true who being a true giant, stood at least 12 feet tall. We see this in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 11. Bashan was anciently called the land of the giants. Og actually reigned from Mount Hermon. We see in Joshua chapter 12, 4 through 5. The place where the angels had descended. Even up to King David's time, Goliath remained. He was one quarter giant and three quarters Philistine, and he reached only nine feet, nine inches tall. Another race of giants were the Anakim from the book of Numbers. Some of the Amorites were as tall as cedar trees, the book of Amos 2.9 tells us probably referring to the sons of Anak. Other giant races found in the Old Testament include the Emim and the Zamzumim. The Anakim, Emim, and the Zamzumim were all equally tall. The Valley of Hinnom was anciently called the Valley of Giants. Joshua destroyed all the Anakim except for a giant who escaped to Gaza in Joshua 11, 21 and 22. Gaza was the later home of Goliath. David's men killed Goliath's brother and one other son of the giant. In 400 years time, the giant outbred so that Goliath and his brothers were only 9 feet tall instead of 13 feet tall. The Genesis 6 word for giant is Nephilim, and it occurs 
in only one other place. In Numbers 13.33, these same post-flood giants who are called Nephilim in the book of Numbers are referred to as the Rephaim in Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 11 and Genesis 14.5. These passages show that the post-flood giants were a special kind of Nephilim called the Rephaim. This means that they were not the procreation of another angelic rebellion, but a genetic tampering by man in a similar fashion as the angels in the pre-flood world. Demonic possession, where demons seek to possess human beings, there are numerous passages that discuss demonic possession and exorcism, which is casting out a demon. Demonic spirits possess men, we see in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, 43. They know God, Jesus, and the prophecies. They can give supernatural strength and cause people to cut themselves. They are under the control of Satan and sometimes cause disease. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke 10:19 The ancient church fathers on demonic possession shows that we can surmise from the following quotes that the ancient church taught Christians cannot be possessed even new Christians can easily cast out demons Christians are not to be involved in occult matters, but instead free people by sharing the gospel with them. Tertullian wrote in uh, 190 to 210 AD, Moreover, if sorcerers put dreams into people's minds by the power of angels and demons whose aid they have invited, how much more likely is the power of evil? The wicked spirit bidden to speak by a follower of Christ will readily make the truthful confession that he is a demon. Apology 35 The arts of astrologers, soothsayers, augurs, and magicians were made known by the angels who sinned and are forbidden by God. Marcion 118 The Marcionites are very strongly addicted to astrology. Treatises on the Soul 157 Magic and sorcery only seem to raise the dead. Only God can really raise the dead. Lycantius 285 AD 
Divine Institutes 2.15. There are angels and different kinds of demons. Demons are also called the jinn by some. In Enoch, the giants themselves are killed. Their spirits, however, deriving from both immortal heavenly beings, the watchers, and mortal human women, cannot be destroyed completely, but also cannot return to heaven. They remain connected to earth as evil spirits, wreaking havoc among humankind and causing both physical evil, such as disease, and moral evil through sin. And now the giants who were born from spirit and flesh will be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth will be their dwelling. And evil spirits came out from their flesh because from above they were created. From the holy watchers was their origin and first foundation. Evil spirits they will be on the earth, and spirits of the evil ones they will be called. And the dwelling of the spirits of heaven is in heaven, but the dwelling of the spirits of earth who were born on the earth is on earth. And the spirits of the giant which do wrong and are corrupt and attack and fight and break on the earth and cause sorrow and eat no food, and do not thirst, and are not observed. And these spirits will rise against the sons of men, and against the women, because they came out from them. The spirits of the Nephilim that were killed in the flood became these evil spirits that we know as demons. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that the sacrifices made to idols are actually sacrificed unto demons. That was chapter 1 of the origins of the first book of the origins of evil series uh origins of evil book one kabbalah and tomorrow i will read chapter two and put it up here on the podcast as well until then i want to thank you all for listening and Please share this episode with as many people as possible so that they will be able to hear a reading of Origins of Evil Book 1 because a second edition which actually um, has quite a bit of new information it's got extended chapters and two completely new chapters um it'll be coming out in hardback form 
uh, this month, actually. Um, well, we're at the end of January, so next month. It'll be in February. It should be coming out the first week of February. And then I have a little surprise for you all. So I will be making more announcements, book-related announcements, um, in the coming episodes. And I thank you all for listening once again. And until next time, this is Pastor Jeremy Anderson saying grace, peace, and God bless you all.